We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bart Winkler. It's the mm -hmm, mm -mm edition of the show this week. Grant Bills, Paul Emig. Uh, yeah, you know, I've, I've taken some time to think about it. I'm totally in on this Tommy DeVito story. I think it's super fun. Um, I wish okay. I actually wish I can't, I can't. And I, it's forever. I can't because it happened on a Monday night against the Packers. So forever I can't. Also, I thought the thing was a little weird. I thought it was weird. Like you had two New York teams that were four and eight. Now they're both five and eight, but you had two New York teams that were four and eight. One it, and both of the teams had expectations. Don't tell me the Giants didn't have expectations. They were in the divisional round last year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They won a playoff game. They extended their quarterback because they thought they were close. One team is a complete another disaster. Everything's bad. Hail Mary, pick sixes, Rodgers, Zach Wilson, Tim Boyles, Trevor Simeons, Robert Sala, Colgate commercial. It's all a disaster. Everything's bad. And then the Giants, it's like, hey, I – I am like sort of Italian and, and this guy is Italian too, like us. And he likes cutlets and let's make t-shirts and let's have the most fun we've ever had. He's like, they're Sam Congato. It's like, who is this guy? Why does he exist? It's so very fun. And I can't get into it and I'll never get into it. One. And I stand by this, like as someone who is Italian and I got a lot of pushback from that as a, as a pale red bearded man but i do identify with italian lineage someone who is italian i'm like wow this is like a caricature but also um it happened against us and we helped make this story so still yeah. a day later i'm like we're not doing where does your italian come from mama dada grandpa italy um, dad italy yeah italy well played mama that my great grandpa's name is Arturo Brunelli. No, it's not. My great grandpa. For real? Yes, Arturo Brunelli. Oh, Italian as hell for yeah. sure. But then he married like Patty Smith. My, grandma, my yeah, my grandma is like from the middle of like Missouri. Okay. And then and then my mom married whatever my dad is where we thought we were German forever. And then because of Winkler. And then we found out we were actually like just straight English. Really? Yeah. With like a dash of Irish. Yeah. But mostly we're just 
we're nothing. So the Italian obviously disappears <laughs> as you go. But look at how much I've just talked with my hands. Oh, um, sure. I love pizza. Oh, yeah, I must be Italian also. Uh, well, I grew up, I don't know if you guys know this, I grew up not a Ninja Turtle fan because I liked uh, guys that were cool but rude and party dudes, mm-hmm. but because I appreciated how they honored some of the great Italian artists of our time with the Leonardo's of course. and the Donatello's and the Raphael's mm-hmm. and the Michelangelo's and the Giovanni de Splinter, who is a little more <laughs> under the radar. Do you remember that one portrait by Shredder? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the masterpiece. Rosalini, Rosalini Shredder. <laughs> I agree with you, by the way. I agree with everything, but I, but I, I can't. I'm a Packer fan. So if, I, if we say it, it's sour grapes. So we're just kind of... No, I, so I, I will say... Of course, I didn't check our text messages until after the I game. Mean, the family's night. one thing. The agent took it to a level of, and of course, the Peter Schragers of the world are eating it up on a Tuesday morning. This is what I said on my show the, on Monday afternoon. I'm like, you guys, if the Packers lose this game, this is going to be annoying as shit, and it's going to be our fault. Anything uh, for that show to talk about something non-football. The only thing is, though, like that, I'm really, I'm mad at myself for, you know, Three, three, four weeks ago, like I would have been like Q, right? I would have just been celebrating the loss, but I let myself come in and buy in. So I was like, I'm a little bit mad at myself for coming back, which by the way, they still have a, what did Andy Herman say? Like a 52 to 54% chance still making the playoffs. So like, hey, it, I don't need Herman. I need to look at the standings. We're in seventh place. They're also one game, one loss away from the fifth pick in the DRAFT mm, draft. Oh yeah. Um, so it could go either way. But I will say, that game sounded really lively. Like early on, the Packers fans were really vocal. And then as the game went on and Tommy DeVito was doing Tommy DeVito things, the cra- then you add in some of the shots of the family. Like I think the TV show Monday Night Football last night was a really good TV show. Yeah. I'm I'm thoroughly pissed that the Packers lost and that I was back in and I was like emotional with the with the every snap. But as much as like, oh God, now we got to deal with more Tommy Cutlets. It made for an overall good three-plus-hour television program. So I I didn't like the story per se, but it added to the... And Aikman was a star last night saying what all of America was thinking after a weekend of frustrating officiating. Aikman's like, what the hell? We saw this in five seconds. It takes these clowns five minutes. Like Aikman, I had a a buddy text me last week. He's like, Aikman's cooking right now. It's like, this is every week, my guy. Aikman is a star. Uh, he had some uh, comments on the game itself, and I also—I uh, just say on that point real quick. Sorry, Bart. Like, I—I no. I watch a lot of. I listen intently to announcers. I'm very. I pay a lot of attention to it more than I wish I did. You read Barrett Sports Media too. You are in the know. Sure. Um, there, I saw some more like Joe Buck hates the Packers stuff last night. What, what is that? Just I don't get. I don't hear that. Am I? No, I saw a lot something? of that too. Again. They've called some high-profile losses. This is all oh. it is. It's when we lose in the playoffs, we lose on Fox. They've been the number one team on Fox. Yeah. Now there's a very frustrating game. Who's the announcers? Joe and Troy. They don't hate the Packers. I just and I just don't hear. Tony Bungie hates the Packers. 
Uh, Tom Jackson hated the Packers. I don't think Joe and Troy hate the Packers. No, I, I mean, I don't hear it. I don't hear it. Um, you don't have to apologize for me. You know who does is Steve. Sparky the home Pfeiffer. of truth? No, Sparky Pfeiffer. Oh. Tim Shea tweeted a picture of me uh, on his news board at 58. I was going to uh, bring that up. As I was on the news, um, on the Dan Shaney YouTube stream, you can see the glare off my phone. Mike the Painter said, it looks like Bart hasn't gotten any sleep in weeks. Sparky says, totally agree, two exclamation points. Maybe he should apply some makeup at home before going on TV. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. No, I did a podcast after a night show. I go to bed at 1 and change. I get up to do a TV hit from my basement. I mean, they're lucky I put on a polo, okay? <laughs> It, Tim Tim works for a direct competitor of Channel Twelve. I and he's at work watching Channel. I guess it's on. I I don't know. I th- I thought that was a little bit of a sticky situation there from Tim. They're doing competitive research at all times, Grant. That's part of it. Yeah, we used to uh, when I was in TV. Our news was on eight, and then the nineteen news was on Lacrosse, and then the Eau Claire news thirteen. No one cared about. But there'd be three TVs stacked up against each other. And the news director would come out and just look at, and then just watch. Like, have to know what they're doing. Have to fucking know what they're doing. Just do your thing, man. Agree. All right, do your thing. Couple of couple of stats on the game, or things that are talking points. Zach Cruz notes the Packers held second half leads and losses to the Falcons, Raiders, Broncos, Steelers, and now Giants. They held leads in the second half in all these games. It's the fourth time the Packers gave up a lead immediately after taking it. Puncho says, Giants ran for 200 yards. The Giants are allowing six sacks per game on average, none for Green Bay. Giants had one rushing touchdown all year, two on Monday. Tommy DeVito, third-string QB, ran for 71 yards on nine carries, three incompletions the entire night. I think uh, I saw something that at halftime or before halftime, they realized what they could do to – kind of exploit the Packers, and that's what it was. Once DeVito hit his first long run, the read option was there for them as much as they wanted, and then Saquon's runs were a lot deeper. And if he didn't fumble that one, we're not even, like, in this game. This was – yeah. And then when we know they need a field goal, like – All right, can I get in my my first topic? Yes, yes, yes. We know they need a field goal, and he's like – All right, ready? All they have to do is – all they have to do is exactly what we let them do. Two right, timeouts, too. So Hold I don't on. Any timeouts. Two timeouts. Sorry, Paul. Ready? There's a reasonable explanation for why Joe Barry or any defensive coordinator, but in this case, there's a reasonable explanation that exists as to why Joe Barry, with a minute 40 on the clock and two timeouts for the Giants, would schematically set up the defense the way he did. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. That there's a reasonable explanation that could possibly exist. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. Look, Joe Barry's gotten some credit as of late, and he is holding the teams to about 20-some points. He just um, lost all of that credibility. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the the tweet that I won't get out of my head is that he's he's built to stop Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Like, the most elite quarterback of the game, Joe Barry's defense can figure out how to beat him. The problem is it also somehow allows everyone else to be 
the Patrick Mahomes that they can't stop. Like Tommy DeVito, if you watch Tommy DeVito, Tommy Patrick Mahomes game against us was like, he couldn't figure it out. He looked bad. He got outplayed. DeVito is running when he needs to. That ball that he had in the corner of the end zone, which I think was the turnaround point for a lot of Giants fans to think, oh, shit, is he is he our guy? You know, we allow that to happen. And not that Tommy DeVito doesn't have talent, not that he doesn't have skill. Uh, didn't, he, didn't he have three one-yard rushing touchdowns against the Badgers seven years ago uh, in Illinois or something? <laughs> seven years ago? I know he's 25, but was it that he long ago? The, he played the Badgers with Illinois. Um, it's just, I don't know. And then that, that defense, it's like, but at some point still, at some point still, yeah, Joe Barry and the same thing with the Bucks, like these guys, you get to the pro level and you just blindly accept what your coach and coordinator say at all times. Like, all right, guys line up like this. No one's like, Whoa, Joe, we're going to give him all this yardage. Or do they not know that? Well, no, but here's the problem, though. And I'm not saying this is necessarily like a universal bad thing. Joe Barry's up in the press box. It's not like you can go up to him on the sideline and say, Joe, what? You, you can't put me in that situation. Let me do this. And again, I, I mean, I'm not saying. Well, then you bitch to LaFleur, your position coach. It, probably. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I understand things are going very fast. Yeah. Well, okay. Maybe so, you can't do that. So, so, Bart, and then Grant, I would love, obviously, for you too, but like, I want. I want you to – sorry to do this to you. I want you to be Joe Barry, and I want to ask you, Joe, you know, there's a lot of a lot of people wondering the, the rationale and the reason behind playing the type of coverage and the, and the type of defensive scheme that you did in that final minute 40. What was, what was your reason, Joe? Can you, can, you, can you kind of walk us through what you were thinking? Give me, like, you know, I'm trying to honestly conceptualize an answer. Like a non, yeah, I just am not good at my job. Answer. What is the answer? Like, what what would if what is his in his head? I, I'm I'm genuinely asking. I don't know. I don't either. There's, I guess, there's a couple different angles. I don't want to be. Um, I don't watch all twenty two. Like, I don't know scheme very well. So I'm I'm trying not to judge off screenshots and off just little flashes of of the television broadcast it would seem like they were playing a little bit too far back and they had some sort of prevent thing going on. It, it would really? seem like they were calling or the defense was called as if there were 40 seconds left and the giants had no timeouts yeah. and not a minute 20 and two, like the right. clock almost isn't, it's not part of the game plan at that point. That's no. so much time. That is so much time, especially yeah. with two timeouts. So it's, it's almost like you just need to play honest to goodness defense because the clock, clock ain't gonna help you yes. in that situation. Um, so I, I don't know exactly what his scheme was. I know what it looked like, and it looked really bad. Um, I also, like for all of the numbers that Tommy DeVito racked up last night, I, I don't want to say Joe Barry's not at fault. That's not what I'm saying. But Rashawn Gary no-showed, and their pass rush no-showed, and their defensive line put zero pressure on him. And he doesn't have a secondary. And he doesn't have Quay Walker, who's our leading tackler. So, I look, I don't think Joe Barry is the world's best defensive coordinator, He's not exactly working with a whole lot right now unless yep. his pass rushers play awesome, which against the Chiefs and the Lions, they did. Last night, it was like basically they were just like sprinting towards the opposing goalpost. Like that was the goal. But it, Tommy DeVito, they kept saying, oh, he escaped the pocket. Not really. The pocket just shifted right past him. And then he looked around and thought, shit, like everyone ran right by me. I'm just going to tuck it and go. So 
Yeah. Yeah. The scheme looked bad and I'm interested to hear what Joe Barry has to say. And obviously we wait for the all 22 and you know, every fucking person on Twitter to break it down and label it for us. But um, I also, I, I want to have reasonable expectations for Joe Barry without a lot of his good players and really without a secondary. Something. Yeah. Well, they were hurt. I mean, if, if this is a fully healthy Packer team, Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, Quay Walker, Jair, you got to think they win that game, but still they're really, really banged up right now, but they're good. And I think they, I think they're good enough. And Lafleur was kind of mad for once after a presser. Um, yep. I don't know though. I, I don't know. I, like on one hand, um, he doesn't get referenced enough. So I'll mention Andy Herman <laughs> Tuesday morning. I saw, or maybe yeah, it was Tuesday morning. He had a, it's this morning. He had a tweet with just like his notes and yeah. it, it's a freaking book of just mistake after mistake after mistake. And so I see this poorly played game that the Packers should have still won. And I still think the final oh. 90 seconds of defensive coverage and calls is unfathomable to me. But despite all of those mistakes and all of these, not just injuries. Oh yeah. It's, you know, key injuries. They still on the road, despite playing a really bad game. So, like that, at the same time, gives me optimism that they're actually a good team, like a legitimately good team that they can and that they can be that close on the road with all of those injuries, and still should have won. And what I like the double digit bad mistakes. And some really, 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 really costly ones, like the Keyshawn Nixon fumble. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I guess I, I leave that game like in the moment, infuriated by it, and also like, wow, they were in that game, should have won that game, despite all of these things. I think that's the balance for me right now in trying to determine how these final four might go. I think they're still a good team, but they're a young team, and they're a really injured team at key positions, and they're working their way through how to how to play with expectations have they ever has a jordan love team ever played with expectations before like no um have many of these guys been on a team that was expected to win and won win their fourth straight like many of them no um i don't know what do you guys think why well, first of all i don't think we're good enough to have a trap game so i want to shut down that narrative just a bit like everyone I, was asking I, going into this game is this a trap game we're Man, we're six and six. Like we we don't get trap games. Yeah, we get but, games but, where we play poorly. Like we get we get bad games. Are they due for a stinker? Yes, but is this a trap game? There, there's not. There's no such thing as a trap game for a six and six team. Well, I'll, I'll just I'll I'll disagree with you in the sense that like I agree with what you're saying logically, but not to throw like the well. I was I once covered in an NFL team, and I'll tell you what I feel. Put the me in media. Let's go. Yeah. Let me let me do that for a second. But I would just say players, if you're on a three-game winning streak and you're feeling really, really good, you 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 do change mentality. Oh, yeah. Mentalities oh, yeah. change, even though, like in the grand scheme, you'd say, guys, you're six and six. You better not you please tell me you don't really think there's such a thing as a trap game. There shouldn't be a trap game. But I do think there's a mentality shift of like, oh yeah, like we're we're good. We're playing Tommy DeVito. He's won two in a row, but he wasn't. So is Lafleur mad at his team, or is he mad at himself? Like, if that's that's uh, it's still on you, it's probably both. Yeah, like it's still on Lafleur 
to make sure his team yeah. doesn't read the clippings and get high uh, about themselves and yeah. overlook a Tommy DeVito. For sure. I so, see. I don't know. I don't know that they did overlook Tommy DeVito. I, I don't know for sure if that's what happened this last week. They made every possible mistake every they could have made. Yeah. And, I, and, and is that because they're young and they were due to make some mistakes and they had really been starting to pile up the last few weeks and we were due for some, or were they playing with, without energy and without focus? I, I don't know. I, I thought Matt LaFleur for the most part coached a fine game. He was pissed on the sideline in the second yes. quarter because Jordan Love can hit all these open guys and Keyshawn Nixon had an opportunity to just hold on to his fumble like three times and didn't. And on that fourth down, Jordan Love, I, I think if he follows Tucker Craft, he probably gets it by an inch. And instead he's like, no, I'm going to turn it up field against Kayvon Thibodeau, who's unblocked. Like they had all these plays where it's like, hey, you can do five things and four of the things are good. And in all of these instances, the Packers did like the one thing they couldn't do. Um and I think Matt LaFleur at halftime was probably like, guys, what the fuck? Like, yeah. what are you doing right now? This is in front of us. The plays are there to be made, and you guys are peeing down your leg. And I think despite, like, one of the criticisms was, you know, one too many end arounds to Jaden Reed. I think that's also, like, who else does he have as a weapon? Like, you're just trying to find ways to get the ball. Yes. Into- yeah. Thank you, Paul. And it's everyone's so pissed about the end round. They don't have a running game. They don't have a running well, game. Well, on the two-point conversion, it's like it hadn't worked three straight times. It, it, it felt, maybe it they felt, will do. Did you it, see the stat line on Reed? Yes. Bonkers. Like Four that. for 38 on the ground. Ten targets, eight catches, 27 yards. He had less – he had 3.4 yards receiving. Dylan had 3.5 yards of carry rushing. But especially like toward the end, they didn't even have Dontavian Wicks, you no. know, like Malik Heath caught a touchdown. Samari Toure had multiple catches. It was like Toure you, time last night. Yeah, you they're, are, they're you, down are down, you are down to it, man. And so like, yeah, it, it kind of got redundant and silly with the end arounds and the whatever with Jade. But like you just this is your only guy who can really honestly make big plays for the most part. So you just, you know, yeah. Can I say just one thing about the end arounds? Because everyone was make everyone was like had had to get their Jaden Reed reverse joke in before bed like i'm i'm out like a Jaden Reed reverse or like i'm going to bed like just all the jokes right so Jaden Reed was trending last night and if you went and looked at the tweets half of them were like Jaden Reed is a weapon Jaden Reed is a star get the ball to Jaden Reed and then the other half of the tweets were like stop giving him the ball and end around like i don't know they don't have a running game they don't have Aaron Jones and we all agree that Jaden Reed is their best playmaker last night. And Jordan Love really isn't having a great night. So sorry that Matt LaFleur thought he needed to get the ball in Jaden Reed's hands a little bit and give him a chance to make plays. And if one or two of those goes better, I mean, they win the game and this isn't getting talked about. I, I don't know. I would also this say is- real quick, I, we, we haven't talked about A.J. Dillon in a little bit. And here's my just thought on Dillon. I'll just share it with you guys. But I like he's not I don't he's not a top 20 NFL running back. He's not a top 20 NFL running back. But I think Aaron Jones not being available for the majority of this season, I think AJ Dillon just has to be in there and stay in there and keep like he's not a guy that you're like, okay, let's go to like a bigger package and let's bring in Dillon for one or two plays. Is there anything to like it feels like there's something to that where like Dillon needed this you know, this window where it's like, well, hey, if I come out, Patrick Taylor's coming in and he's okay, but like 
I feel like he started to shine, not just because, oh, okay, he's getting his groove, but because he's not being subbed out constantly. I, it would make sense that a bigger player like that who plays and runs the way he does needs more time to beat up defenses, which he did. He 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 laid some he laid But some he's still time. only rushing for like three and a half yards of carry. There's no line every week is 15 for 50. And and not not the when you watch it, you're like Oh shit! Did he, I know he didn't have a hundred, but did he have at least 75, 80 yards? And, and, and not look to, at the box score, it's like, oh no, he barely ran like around the block. And not to do the all twenty-two thing or the Pro Football Focus grades thing, but their run blocking is very, very poor as an offensive uh, line. So I'm also I very. Point, let me very, ask you something about. Let me ask you something about that that I was bitching about. Uh, sure. But before I do that, I do want to remind you about Happy Place Hemp. I had some, I don't know what was going on with me last night. I had to take a gummy afterwards for sure. I had like, I was feeling like anxious. There was too much going on. And I've talked about this. I've talked about this during the red zone noon window when the Packers are on. And then there's other games. And then my fantasy, it's like too much, too much is happening. And I felt that way during this game um, with that other game going on and whatever. Then the Bucks were on. It's like, I, yeah, yeah. So that has helped uh, in regards also to help me sleep with the CBD, CBNs. Uh, I was talking to someone who had like a problem with their wrist. And I said, well, why don't you try some of the uh, cream? Why don't you try some of the CBD cream? And they put it on and it was it worked. Ten minutes later, oh, my God, this worked. And I go, yeah, that's that's why I've been talking about it. Happyplacehemp.com promo code is BART. 25% off your first order. And then your second order, you get 25% off. Your third through 100th order, you get 25% off. And then every order after that, you get 25% off. Promo code is BART, Happy Place Hemp. All orders, you get 25% off, happyplacehemp.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, okay. I 
have made this a solo layout and I've always screwed this up. Um, hey, there's my boys on the Dan Shaney YouTube stream. All right. I had some, they, I they had were talking some about how they before uh, joining the post game show the other night. By the way, you did? D- would recommend. Yes. Good, good, good. There, this offensive line subbing in and out is that good? Is that bad? I just, it was, I finally admitted, um, last night, I admitted late on the show, on the Monday show, that I actually do not like the trenches. I'm not a trenches guy. You don't like the big uglies? Wait, 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 wait. So all those times that you've said you win in the trenches, you were lying? I was. Oh, no, this is terrible. Yeah, I was actually I was actually mocking people that do believe that. Oh, you see, I just never caught on to that all those I just never noticed that you were mocking. There's a lot of things that I started doing as a mock that then slowly became like the thing <laughs> I do. For instance, good morning, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a mock. Uh, but here I am doing it. I don't know. I don't, I don't ever, when I'm like, and I'm bad this way in basketball too. You know, people can look at the game and be like, oh, the Bucks are in this kind of zone. I just, I still, I just watch the ball, dude. I suck. <laughs> no shit. I only watch the ball. In basketball and football, I've never like, I never, I never, it never even crosses my mind to think, I wonder what starting five offensive line they have. And I look <laughs> at the numbers, I don't give a shit. And then if a guy comes out and then someone goes in, I don't notice. I don't notice them at all. I notice the receiver. And maybe this is the fantasy part of my brain. Cause I notice, I notice what receivers in there. I notice what running backs in there. I never, ever look at the offensive line, ever. No. They are basically, they're basically almost even not even human to me. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they're just like, they could be They could be lazy boys for all I care. Have yeah. you ever, five, five little lazy boys. Have you ever heard that you don't want to see the offensive linemen because it means that you only see them when they make a mistake? Yeah. You don't want to notice them. Mm-hmm. I think I mean the answer to your question is it's because neither Nijman nor Walker are particularly good at this point in their careers, and so you're like I don't know, let's try this. Thank so you, by the way, for, can give you about a half a game. Thank yeah. you for doing that. It's neither nor, either or. Thank you for that, Paul. That's a it's a common one that our society often gets wrong. I appreciate. Mm. I see you, and I appreciate you. Oh, I got your back here, buddy. Um, you know how you can tell what way is left and right because. The L, you do your hands, and the L, oh, shit. Mm. That's what I'm teaching my son. Mm. For left and right, put your hands out. Which one's the L? That's left. All right. Is is your son right-handed? Yes. Also, that's how on a boat you know that port is the left side because four letters in port and four letters in left. As what what is what's the opposite of port side? Starboard. 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 Star, starboard. Bow to stern, yeah. baby. Didn't think I know that, but motherfucker, which one of us has worked on a boat? Which one of us was steering for just a brief moment when Captain <laughs> let me the Mississippi Queen? You sailed the Mississippi Queen. Oh, I envy you. 
Man, yeah. take a good hard look at the motherfucking boat. Hey, take a look at me now. <laughs> Another Phil Collins reference on the Dan Shaney YouTube stream. I my friends were giving me guff for listening to Genesis a couple of weeks ago. Your friends should um, give you guff for listening. Oh to fuck Genesis. no! Get out of here! Shut up, Paul. <laughs> Paul, Paul's, Paul's musical taste. Let me let me enlighten the folks. I would love oh, to hear your encapsulation if, of it. Yeah, if you sit down at a concert, we well, would never sit down at a concert. But okay, if you, I'm going to be sitting down at Death Cab. Are you going to Death Cab and Postal Service? Yes, and it is way more expensive than I fucking thought it was going to be. Where is it? Like Pabst or Riverside? Or Miller something? High Life in May. Yeah. Sorry, keep going. I'm, I want to hear this. So I sit down, I'm going to watch this concert. I'm going to enjoy Death Cab and Postal Service. And they're going to have music and familiar, like, you know, it's going to be that. Melody. What Paul, what Paul likes is when they're loading their truck with all their instruments and it's just clanging and noise, that's what he likes to listen to. Mm. Just chaotic noise. Yes. That's your taste in music. Yeah. Great, great, great noise. Just energy. It's just fuel to Paul. <laughs> all right. What else? What else must we cover today? Um, I must. And Bart, you and I have slightly different takes on this. I know already. But I think there are some people, most of the people who are listening are going to have drastically different takes than you. And it's the Shohei Otani contract. We must talk about it. Struck The structure, the deferral situation of the Shohei Otani. You've not talked about this yet. I, I didn't listen yet to the Tuesday morning post game. Uh, I mean, I, I've talked about it a lot on CBS. But since the deferral news came out, not on this show, really. Okay, let's just let's you love. Okay, let's let's set the stage. Shohei Otani, seven or 10 years, 700 million, 68 of the 70 million each year of the 10 years, 68 of the 70 is deferred into after the contract is over, which means he's going to make two million dollars a year for real. Um, now the my understanding is the collective bargaining. There's the CBT or whatever it is, um, the threshold. He's going to count $46 million against that. So do we... Yeah, that's weird. So when because you defer of- it, you get a discount, which makes no sense. So luxury tax-wise, they're kind of like... Uh, I saw a funny joke. They're not the L.A. Dodgers guys. What? They're the L.A. tax Dodgers. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Who wrote that one? Who wrote that one? Uh, genius. <laughs> genius. So in reality, he gets $2 million. He'll eventually have made $70 million per year, but the, the luxury tax implications that it's a $46 million per year hit to the Dodgers. But um, Bart, you, I didn't expect this to be a topic on the show, so I just send it to you. I Usually if there's a topic, I don't send it to you guys. Um, but you were like, yeah, this is great. I love this. And all, I don't think I've seen anyone else on on uh, social media or elsewhere say anything positive about why this is good because it's absurd. Like it's silly. It's silly. It's silly. It's it's foolish season. Like this mm-hmm. is this should not be like <laughs> th- th- like you shouldn't have like when they're like oh this like remember when the report first came out that he was signing with the Dodgers or like there's going to be quote significant deferrals. Well, this was his idea. Great. And I'm not, I mean, credit to Shohei for essentially what I like. I mean, I guess he's still going to get what will with inflation be a $450 million contract. And also I saw like 
if he's not living in California, oh, he's still getting seven hundred million. Well, not in today dollars. Oh, okay. Because they were talking about like, okay, so by the time he's in twenty forty three, by the time he's getting his last, but he can also duck out of California and maybe even America say. and not pay taxes. That's what I was going to say. So the other part of it is that if he's not living in California, thumbs up emoticon thing. <laughs> um, then he would get that back. So anyway, Bart, um, I think I know how you're going to answer this, and you're like going to be in the five percent of people who would say this. This Shohei Otani contract situation, as it relates to the deferrals and the ability to do it this way, is good for Major League Baseball. Oh mm-hmm. no, I oh I don't I don't think it's good for baseball. Oh, okay, so who's it? Why is it? Why did it make you so giddy when I texted it to you? Like Josh. Sure. <laughs> That's two weeks so in a what, row. Well, basically what he's doing, what Shohei's doing is signing a 10-year, $20 million contract. Yeah. And then once that ends, a 10-year, $680 million contract kicks in, which yeah. is why when they first said crazy deferments, I thought it'd be like, you know how Yelich is getting paid through 49? Yeah. Uh, I thought it'd be something like that, only even even deeper. What I, what, what, what I appreciate about this is every team should be fucking mad. Yes. Like, I didn't know we could do this. Right. And it's not cheating. This is what I love about sports is trying to find ways that are cheating that aren't cheating. Trying to find the winning on the margins. The Dodgers are totally within their right to do this based on the rules that are set up. So it's not cheating. You can you can pay a guy however you want. You still have to pay him. You have to pay him the money. It's guaranteed money. You have to pay him the money. And this is how they're choosing to do it. What I like about this is the same thing that I like about the Yankees trading for Juan Soto for really a bunch of scrap is baseball fucking blows. Baseball inherently is a boring game that has uh, a shit system. The, the The worst, like it, but it is, it's capitalism. All of our other sports are some form of socialism. So we should love baseball the most because it's capitalism. That shouldn't we? I mean, I, this is a weird thing, but this is like, oh, the number one team gets the best, the worst team gets the best player. That's fucked up, kind of. That, that is weird. The council, so it's weird. But in baseball, it's you have money. Yeah, you got to pay a little bit of tax, even whatever. It's kind of a hindrance. But if you want to go spend five hundred million, the rich, the rich had agreed to spend three thirty, three fifty on payroll and then steve cohen's like fuck it 500 and then everybody got mad at him and that was crazy what i like about this what i do appreciate about this is the system is fucked yes and it's not good and it benefits it fucks a lot of teams over and so it almost makes the playoffs like everything i hate about the playoffs it's almost like this. Ha- the playoffs have to be this way because you got a team that's going to win 110 games in the Dodgers. So give give them a week and a half off to get cold, so that your plucky little Diamondbacks and these other markets can have a shot. But what I like about it is, if you're in a system that is unfair to most, but you can exploit it, you should be taking advantage of that every way you can. I like that the Yankees are acting like the Yankees. Yeah. They've been they've been the shitty fucking team for a decade, never flexing their nuts. They're the Yankees. Act like it. The Dodgers are in this massive market where they stole 
Shohei from across town, and and people are acting like he went from Pittsburgh to L.A. He went from one side of L.A. to L.A., but because the Dodgers are such a behemoth and a huge brand, it is it is a massive deal, and they're going to just raise It's not a fair system. It sucks as a Brewers fan that we have to do the things that we have to do to even stay competitive and that it is a big deal when we lose our manager because he's been a part of what's kept us sort of competitive. But if you if you're one of these guys that are teams that can do it, then do it. So I appreciate that the Yankees are acting evil, that the Dodgers have found a way, that the rich are getting richer. That's the system that they're afforded in. So take advantage of it from their point of view. That's what I appreciate about it. Also, I love it because it's just so fucking ridiculous. This contract is absurd. Absurd. And and I think that it's I think that it's funny. By the way, Grant made a, a face, and I think it was for Behemoth. Yeah. Or Behemoth, I think is what Grant was waiting for when Grant when Bart. Oh, said. did I say it wrong? I don't know. I, I is it is it is it Behemoth or is it Behemoth? I I I would I have said. Please correct me when I say wrong words so I can edit it or have Tim edit. Yesterday I got a few texts from Matt in the Falls as he was listening. He sent me a text, Arthur Idick. Because apparently I say arthritis, arthritis. Yeah, there's yeah, it's not, it's not athlete. So I say it wrong. Then immediately I follow that up with, with an experiment. You do say that of, one really. You, you say that one straight. Ex- experiment. Experiment. I say experiment. Yeah. And then he's like, "Please give me a New Orleans to round it out." I don't know. I'm not sure if I know the correct New Orleans. Like, Emeril no. Lagasse says New Orleans, and I am inclined to listen to him when he says that. It. New Orleans would have been my last place vote for how to say it. I'm going to call it Nolens. Nolens. I do know, thanks to Veep, that it is Nevada. Dude, I was just, we watched half a season of Veep on Saturday, and that's one of the best bits is Kent just jumping on to say Nevada. <laughs> Nevada. Daylight, daylight, it's daylight saving time. Oh, yep. God. You know what? I will always. By the way, remember. relax some of that food. Down there in New Orleans, let me tell you about my friends at Tupelo Honey Cafe. Oh, so this is important. It's very important. It's 20% off when you put Bart on the reservation. Starting Fridays the 15th through Christmas Eve, you also will then get a free appetizer or dessert. TupeloHoneyCafe.com, downtown Milwaukee. Great Southern food. Chicken and I had the sriracha chicken the first time, and then then I did try their breakfast, which was good. It was avocado toast. Avocado toast. I said that wrong just now. I say two below honey, right? That's all that matters. It's avocado. Uh, avocado. Av- avocado. Avocado. And then, on, uh, and then on Christmas Eve, they do have a brunch. So if you're making plans, tubelohoneycafe.com. Yeah, I say words wrong. Look, I say words wrong. And a part of it's the Midwestern accent. And also a part of it is... Look, I got bullied into saying Falcons, okay? So take that as a win. I gave you Falcons. <laughs> I, I would tell like to say Falcons, as I've been saying for 37 years, but the last two years, I've given you Falcons. You have, and I appreciate your effort. I cannot, it- I, I still, I can't change Jaguars because I don't understand, like, I don't know what it should be. Jaguars? Jaguars. Jaguars. Wars. Jaguars. Yes. 
I mean, doesn't that hurt your mouth to say it? You know, I think the reason you say Falcon is, I forget, it was one of the toys that we grew up with, but they called it the Millennium Falcon. I think it was like one of the McDonald's toys. Is there no, wrong. Really? I don't, okay, Star Wars. I don't do anything Star Wars. Even as a, as a youngin? My kid has no Star Wars toys, no Star Wars jammies. I actually make sure, because part of my family, they're into Star Wars, and I'm like, don't give them this shit. <laughs> Not even some young Jedi adventures on Disney Plus. We are focused on Marvel. <laughs> we are focused on Ninja Turtles. So what do you watch? Ninja on Turtles? Peanuts. We're focused uh-huh. on Mario. Mm-hmm. We're focused on. He loves the Home Alone movies. Okay, you're a big Elf family though. Elf's fucking piece of shit. <laughs> Grant, oh, Will Ferrell had an had an era where it was just a little too much. That's every comic that's ever had their run making movies. You could say that but about it was like everybody. Will Ferrell. Like, that's what I don't like. What I don't like about Tommy DeVito is what I didn't like about Elf. It, it, it feels like it's somebody doing a Tommy. It's somebody doing an impression of a stereotypical Italian family. And Elf was like, I'm doing an impression of a Will Ferrell Christmas movie. Elf is great. What the fuck? And also, the ending is terrible. You bring back the Christmas spirit by singing. The ending is, there's, it's not, look, I like my Christmas movies to be grounded in realism. (laughs) We all know the way you spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. I'm a Christmas with the Cranks guy, but Elf is a great movie. It's a great movie. I knew when I it's said part up for this, Grant. It's a it's a fantastic movie. I and I knew he would just bite on my. Also, Christmas Vacation is great, and great. anyone who on in the year 2023 is like it's never been funny. <clears throat> Enough. Okay. Are you going to see Are you going to see Chevy Chase and his screener of Christmas Vacation at in Milwaukee? No. Why? That's like that's like because we, like, we don't need to sell tickets to fucking everything now. That's another complaint I have. We don't. I don't need to go pay money to 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 watch the Always Sunny crew talk about the show they did years ago. We don't need that. Okay? They booked they booked the Chevy Chase Christmas Vacation in Milwaukee with you in mind. Like you were like the target demo for that, and you're not going. So I don't know. We don't. It, we don't need it. We don't need to sell tickets to everything under the sun now. Um, let, let me fine. let me clear up my elf take. It is a good movie that I feel has been a bit overrated over the years. I thought it it's got been instant like classic. Years. I know, but in 2003 it came out. In 2004 it was like all time greatest Christmas. Like let it simmer before we look back. Like we were calling it a classic. You were such a prick. You, you... I, I believe they call that an instant classic, which it was and is. Now, we can all agree on what's not only the worst Christmas movie, but dare I say the worst piece of video that's ever been put on film. Polar Express? That's where I was going. <laughs> Reminds no, me a lot of the Marvel sucks. movie in that it's all uh, CGI. That movie oh sucks. Them's, them's fighting words. No. Uh, Christmas Story. I've never seen it. Yeah. From 1946? I wanted a BB gun. Shut up, kid. Yeah. Loser. I don't know. 
Oh, It's a Wonderful Life is ass, too. Well, Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, well, what do you mean? The bank's out of money. <laughs> but is, it, is it Miracle or Miracle? All I need is a miracle. Mike's and the mechanics say miracle. Nice. Another Genesis tangent. Nice. 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 Who's the girl in It's a Wonderful Life? What's her name in the movie? Mary. Mary. I can do a James Stewart. That's it. Like Mary. I can do an Owen Wilson. Wow. But that's it. I want to hear more in the in the Mary voice, though. Try it. Uh, it I really just comes good. back. To, it really just circles back to Hodricord at the end after he says a couple <laughs> words. It's going <laughs> to become Hodricord. Yeah, Tom, Tom Hodricord in "It's a Wonderful Life." Ready and no, 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 just, no, just, no, just a minute, Mister Potter. You, my, my, my father was no businessman. I, I, I know, Mister Potter, Mister Potter. Why can't we have money at, at Christmas? What was the bank called again? Uh, I don't I know. Who cares? I've only seen the movie one time, actually. I don't, I don't fucking know. It was like not. <clears throat> what about Four Christmases with Vince Vaughn? And uh, what are we? All right, that's enough Christmas talk. All right. How did we Rant? get this far without saying DH? DH. You know, you know what was what was really funny, and I this Die is hard. not a direct answer. Die hard. Die hard. Did you guys see the Arcade Fire tweet the other day? Did I send that to you guys? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Fucking funny. But who was that really though? That was the Die Hard cast. That was that was all the guys who were Where taking. Where is the- she? Where's my wife? <laughs> The detonators. <laughs> I feel like it's also not far off that you're going to spin into like Pashki zone. Exactly. They're all attached. This is, if you ever watch Caliendo talk about his impressions, they're all with just a little tweak of each other. It's like, it's hey, a little Mr. Curve Potter, where's my money? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Potter, have you ever watched a game of Bucks basketball? That's Bucks basketball. The RSNs can't afford their fees to the team. This is this is this, see. This is what we should sell. And apps. Winkler Christmas. The Bart Winkler Christmas, featuring Jim Paschke and Tom Hodricord and the now retired Jeff Wagner. WTMJ. It's Christmas listen. miracle. I I listen to this. I went down to uh, Bayshore. Uh, a mall that I quite enjoy. And they put up a tree as they've been doing every year in my time in Milwaukee. And I thought nothing of it of the past where it's the Christmas season and I saw a Christmas tree and I saw some signage. And so I was inclined to ask a gentleman that was working there employed. And I said, excuse me, I noticed that this is called a holiday tree for so long. It's been called a Christmas tree. And I said, do you not put the Christ in Christmas. And he said, we call it a holiday tree for all inclusions. And I said, well, as a practicing uh, Christian, I just want a Christmas tree. That was almost like too real to be funny. Uh, 
I've also I saw a like, tweet the other day. Maybe, maybe I saw a tweet the other day that someone someone just tweeted. I don't know why I saw this tweet. Someone tweeted, uh, for real though, Jesus Christ is like a top three hard name of all time. Like, it's just a great fucking name. <laughs> Take religion out of it. The guy's name was Jesus Christ. And someone goes, oh, yeah, God was in his bag. <laughs> God was in his bag. Oh. <laughs> this is the worst podcast we've ever done. Why? But it's awesome. I love it. Uh, Grant, which leads me to which leads me to Grant, your thoughts on Shohei's deferral. Like Grant Bills, <clears throat> Paul Emig, <laughs> Jesus Christ! What a name! Uh, they didn't make Paul Emig superstar or Barry. It's no, Jesus they didn't. superstar. Well, they I don't yell Grant Bills when I stub my toe. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, the, the Otani thing? So there's like a million different. Things. Well, this is, this is, this is, this is. Uh, objectively terrible, right? Though, like for Major League Baseball, like the precedent that yeah. it's setting, and like it's it's it's. See, here's the thing: it's terrible for the Jimmys and Joes who support their teams. I on Monday, I basically on my show, this is the comparison I made. My team is a hobby farm. The Brewers for me is it's a hobby farm. It's nice. I can tend to my crops. And it's like, oh, look at me! I'm I'm growing a little patch of corn. But I, this isn't going to make me money ever. It, it's just a thing that I enjoy on the side. That's not serious. Because the Jimmys and the Joes across both the AL and the NL have no fucking shot. Okay. Now the problem is the voices of baseball, the the writers and insiders, the Ken Rosenthal's of the world, are writing stories that are like, but wait, this is actually great for baseball. And it's because they're a shill for a league right now that's kind yeah, of it's awful for baseball. Super they think, well, super teams. This will this will be what brings national interest in. Guess what? Fucking Steve in Wisconsin Rapids is not watching Sunday Night Baseball ever. He's like, never. That's my going thing about. But yeah, how many times? Let's say the Dodgers are on Fox ten never. times throughout the summer, five, never. six, seven times on ESPN, MLB Network, Sunday Peacock. How many times are you going to watch a Dodgers game? You're not because if you're going to watch a game that day, it's going to be the Brewers. Mm-hmm. And then after doing that, you're not going to watch another three hours of baseball. <laughs> Fuck no. no. So this is terrible for the game. One annoying bit of pushback that I saw from Dodgers fans is like, well, anybody could have found the loophole. Anybody could have deferred the money. We were just the team smart enough to do it. It's not about the deferral. It's about having $700 million in principle to fucking spend. It's like, well, Grant, anybody could have bought a house during the 2008 market crash. I was fucking 10. So no, I couldn't. I did not have the money to buy a house in 2000. It's not about being smart and being savvy about having the money. And I would, I would recommend that both of you and all Brewers fans go and read about the Dodgers RSN deal. Uh, Marshawn, Andrew Marshawn wrote about it in the Sports Business Journal. It's free. Brett and Tosa shared it if you follow Brett. So most RSNs are tied in a way that allows them to fold. 
Regional right? sports networks. Regional yeah. sports networks, of course. So if they're not getting their money back because they're not getting the subscribers and they're not getting their end out of the deal, they're allowed to collapse or go bankrupt or 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 go away without the parent company suffering too much. The Dodgers sports network is not set up that way. It's set up, it's set up through charter. Charter cannot fold that without going bankrupt itself. So that 330 million that they're giving the Dodgers every year, they could lose every single subscriber. There could be not a single house in Los Angeles that's getting it and subscribe to it. It would not matter. That money's coming in anyways, because that's the deal that somehow the the Dodgers got into. Hmm. So they have all the money in the world because of a, a TV contract that's terrible for the network, which I don't really care. But, you know, you have you have the Padres who are selling off good players because they're not getting checks from their carrier because yeah. no one's subscribing. That doesn't matter for the Dodgers. It's it sucks. It it really, really, really sucks. Um, but it's it, this is just another symptom of a problem and a disease that's been plaguing baseball for a long time. This isn't new. But this this is three additional exclamation points. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 what's what's unbelievable and I've brought this up on my show is it's so bizarre and and you'd have to spend a good amount of time on Twitter to really get this but like I I used to work with a a broadcaster now he's in Philly. He's at WIP. So I follow him and I follow some of the WIP stuff cuz it's interesting. He's a buddy. And some of the discourse that Phillies fans have, it's like, would you want Mike Trout? And half the fans are like, well, I don't know. He's aging. And it's like, I can't imagine. Or, or, Philly guy? or, yes. yeah. or the Dodgers, right? When I read an, uh, an article that's like, they have Otani. What's next? And then I look at the replies and it's like, now Yamamoto and a Rosarena. It's like, Jesus, H, Jesus Christ, as we were talking about. Like, if my team signs Andrew McCutcheon, I'm like, damn, we got a, we got a nice piece this offseason. He's a little <laughs> old, but we'll make it work. It's like these fucking fan bases, man. That I don't know. I can't fathom thinking that way about my team and the finances of my team. Anyways. Yeah. I, I like your hobby farm example. Um, we hobby farm. That's what we and, are. And I, and I, and I love I love our hobby, our hobby farm. I do, too. That's, what, that's very, what's the fucking worst, Paul. Is I can't I'm very attached to farm. our hobby farm. Yeah. I have a big emotional investment in our hobby farm. Jackson Churio, by the way, going to make more money yearly over the next 10 years in Shohei Otani. So. Five times as much. Good money. I, did, I, I think the two things that are worth mentioning in this part of the conversation that you guys might say, yeah, I know that. Have you taught, Have you connected this to the Mario Lemieux situation with the Penguins? I don't even know who that is. I don't even know what a penguin What is that? <laughs> uh, Mario Lemieux, NHL great. <laughs> NHL. Um, the the Penguins went bankrupt in the middle of his like deferral payments in the middle of his like, in the middle of his. You should read. It's really interesting. And so he became they didn't they were literally in bankruptcy court, and he became an owner of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And it now like that was an amazing deal because I think he had twenty six million dollars. Lemieux did. That's how he got ownership. Yeah, they had they hadn't like I don't know how are we gonna pay him like let's make him an owner and now like his shares are worth like three hundred and fifty million. That seems of, of the Penguins <clears throat> when all he was owed was another twenty six million, and I don't know if Justin Turner, Dodgers legend Justin Turner, was joking on Twitter X, but he said this would be fun for whichever person owns the Dodgers in fifteen years. So is like let's say the Dodgers are owned by someone else in twenty years. Yeah. Go look up Justin Turner's profile. Um, I don't know. Like, would you then pass those 
payment. Like if you, Hey, we owe an employee $680 million new owner in 10 years. I think the new owner would have to take that on. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I think that'd be part, of, part of the debit and credit would be like, okay, well you also have to give this guy 680. In the meantime, you, the current owner of the Dodgers is winning, presumably winning multiple championships and just got to sign the best, one of the best players in baseball history. So could Otani theoretically in 10 years, like move to Florida where there's no income tax yes, and then receive the. Yes. He can so that's what Japan, I think he could. And then, so like the, 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 it's, it's a, it's a interesting. And in some cases could be a brilliant, you know, it's like the difference. Like you're talking about a guy who's either going to be a billionaire or a multi-billionaire. So like, let's be real about it. So but he's like, fucking over my government. <clears throat> wow. He is, he is costing the state of California tens upon ten, hundreds of millions of dollars he is he wow. actually is all right like next time i'm out in california i'm gonna notice potholes and decrepit parks and, shit on the streets yeah and i'm gonna feel like if only there were if only there were tax dollars <laughs> to pay for this and i'm gonna blame shohei otani read about mario lemieux sometime it's interesting and when again, they come the to milwaukee i'm gonna i'm gonna hold up signs that say crook tax evader mm. tax dodger that's good stuff. Um, show show Uncle Sam the money. Grant, how many more minutes do I have you for? I got another five minutes. All right. The Lakers are hanging an in-season tournament banner. Oh, Christ. <laughs> if the Bucks did this, you would have been embarrassed. Mm-hmm. No. Or, mm-hmm. no. I, th- aren't they doing like a, a small side banner that they can like put check marks on if they win? I think it's fine. I've not seen the banner. I, I would just preface this by saying I didn't know how you're. There's going to be like it's like a conference championship banner at a high school. Yeah, it's like yep. we won football in 2000, then we won in 2006, and all the years are on there. It's not a separate banner for everyone. I think it's fine. Really, I, I think the let me just say this because I I, I, I think it's it, funny they assume it's going to happen again. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So I think though, like, okay, if if the Pacers had won and they had hung an in-season tournament banner, I think it would have been kind of like mocked a little bit, right? Because, yeah, this is the best you're going to do and blah, 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 blah. I think the fact that the Lakers did it legitimizes the in-season tournament far more than just about any other. I think vice versa. Really? I think this makes it seem, hey, if if LeBron cared about this, if the Lakers are going to hang a banner about this, it proves that it matters. If a lesser team had done the same thing and they got all excited about their in-season tournament win, it would have been like, okay, like we get it. You're not a good team. You're never going to actually win an NBA title. But I think the fact that LeBron and the Lakers, like the biggest names in the NBA as a sport and as a player, cared about it and are going to like broadcast it, advertise it in their arena, I think is like completely legitimizes the tournament forever. There's 29 arenas used in the NBA, right? Because yes. until the Clippers get their own, there's 29. Yes. The Lakers' two biggest wins of the LeBron era didn't come in any of those arenas. It no. came in the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas, and it came at fucking Walt Disney World. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they've they won – essentially, you could call this a championship. They've won two championships in fucking tourist parks. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 it's, it's the funniest shit ever that they were the ones to win. So, Bart, I know you, you talked earlier on this episode about there are things that you initially did as a joke that became part of your shtick. And I think being an in-season tournament guy started as a shtick and then became real. But, like, if the Bucks had won and they were, like, going to have a pregame 
banner raising thing like you you would have been like yeah like for like for real this is i'm i want to see this this is cool paul if the brewers are going to hang a flag for 2020 wild card i think the bucks can hang a banner mm-hmm. for winning an NCAA. I, i'm not even criticizing it i just think it i just think there would have been a significant section of i well, what are you going to do just win it and not acknowledge it anywhere yeah i'm with bart I, i'm not saying it's bad i'm yeah, i'm somewhere I'm saying I think if a lesser team than the Lakers would have done this. If it was just a in-season, like the Lakers are doing it right. It's it's a living banner. You can add to it. Yeah. It's not like here's the banner that says fucking we won seven games in a row. Some of them counted, some of them didn't. I think this leads to my last question. The in-season tournament was awesome. Mm-hmm. I or- thought it was funny. Throughout the time, it was. And then – after I read all these articles, like it sucked. I did take a phone really? call. Yeah. I took a phone call from a guy that I uh, kept talking about. Cause he's like, look, I'm a casual sports fan. I watched the NBA on Christmas in the playoffs. This didn't resonate me to me. So what I think it did was if you're into the NBA in the normal times that maybe, maybe you watched Saturday night, maybe you didn't, but why I think we all think it's a success is because I, I said that there's 82 pizzas that we get a season. And pizza's good. We like pizza. But it's the same pizza every night, right? Well, all of a sudden, instead of just the same pepperoni and cheese pizza, we got a stuffed crust pizza one day. We got a meat lover supreme. We got a crazy pizza from one of those pizza doctor type places where it's like full of M&Ms and sprinkles and ice cream. It's like it's just different. It's still pizza, but it's different pizza. It's a different kind of what we were experiencing. So NBA people that are like watching the games and covering the games for 82 games. Hey, this was a little different. This is great. I'm not sure it did. I just saw an article. It did have the outside of the playoffs and outside of Christmas. It was the highest rated NBA game in six years. The final was Lakers Pacers. Yeah. Outside of Christmas and then any playoffs highest rated game in six years. So obviously it got some attention being on a Saturday night and help, but uh, I think it was more appreciated by people that already were watching it anyway than uh, than bringing in. But that but that wouldn't make sense then because it was watched by more people than whatever. If that had just been a Saturday night NBA game, it, that wouldn't have happened. Right, but I still think the people that were watching it are NBA people. Oh. I don't think this was like an Olympics or a World Cup or a a tennis final where you're like, oh fuck. I mean, I'm, this isn't like my thing, but. I, I love sports. I have to see this. But don't the ratings indicate otherwise? No, like, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's probably super high. Okay. The only I, I want to say this, um, and Grant, I'm curious for your take before you jump, but I tried to watch a non in season tournament game the next night, and I struggled because the stakes I'm serious. Because the stakes were clearly different. Uh, I'm serious. I, I love the Who NBA. Who were you watching? What was the team? <clears throat> it was this whoever it was on Sunday that I started? I uh, I'd have to go back back and look Watch at my league. Football. Card. It's Sunday. No shit. I don't, not that important. Like, and I maybe, I love basketball. Maybe but. that's part of it. Maybe that's part of it. Um, I'm, I'm being a dick too, but but I mean, like I do that. Those games when I was watching Saturday Lakers Pacers, I knew I was watching something. Again, I love the NBA, right? So I'm not the guy that they're trying to bring in. I'm not. I'm not the casual. Christmas and playoffs viewer, I thought it was awesome. Like it just felt, it felt big, you know, 
It felt big. It was fun. I got I got I got hammered during it. I was so pumped up. I, I got <clears> so <throat> fucking drunk. And I was drinking rum and gin and I was going like back to back. It was fucking actually a bad night, but it was Saturday night. I didn't watch I didn't watch Saturday night. Uh the final. I was too sad about my bucks. Uh, we had a Christmas party, so I did not watch, uh, unfortunately. But. All right, we're going to table this one for next week. Hot take, Jake had a tweet that I saved. I was going to ask you guys about if the bucks should stand pat. <clears throat> we are about to cross in, on uh, on Friday of this week. Chris Middleton will be trade eligible. Yeah, I, uh, Middleton, do this. Middleton I, and Bochamp for Marcus Smart and Brandon Clark is a proposal. I will of, not entertain any conversation Middleton. Right, you kind of cut out there, but I think you said you will not entertain Middleton trades. Correct. Trades or not, we, yeah, we're going to talk about Middleton because um, um, what as a Shark Tank shark might say about Chris Middleton, I'm out. Jesus. Hey, follow me everywhere. I'm not out on what Middleton did for the Bucks in the recent past. Likewise. I'm out you guys on, need blue sky codes? No. I just signed up for Blue Sky. And I'm on Threads. I'm not yet on Spoutable. I don't know what any of those are. I don't either. <laughs> I buy, I'll yeah, just I, I'll just look at the ads for sex toys and porn bots and sift through everything else on Twitter. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Thank you, boys. I have to go to work. Bye, Grant. This was fun. Bye. Bye. Hi, Bart. Bye, Bart. I'm going to play a voicemail from Vincent in Anaheim. I don't know if you want to stay around for that or not. Uh, sure. Anything else you want to discuss? Just me and you? No. <laughs> why, are you, why are you so out on Chris Middleton being traded? Why will you not entertain this very obvious move? Do you think obvious? I mean, obvious to explore Middleton. They need to be seriously exploring Chris Middleton trades. I don't think you can count on his availability and his. I, I just I I'm not ready to count on him being part of a serious part of the next of the championship. And I think because you don't have a lot of other pieces to move around, and you do need. I'm sorry to say because Chris Middleton was an instrumental part of the Bucks championship, but I don't think the Bucks can do what they need to do this year without you know, Alex Caruso or Marcus Smart. Chris Middleton has been a better NBA player through his career than those guys, unquestioned to me. And I like Marcus Smart, and I, I think Middleton has clearly had a better career than Marcus Smart, but like, you only have so many pieces you can interchange, and the, the only realistic one is Middleton. So like, if you're going to do something, it has to be him. Like you can make something smaller with like a Bobby Portis or a Pat Connaughton, but I just don't think they're gonna do that. Um, so I I would Jake, I would I would do your trade. I don't know if the Grizzlies would do your trade, Jake, of Marcus Smart and I, I think I think for me, maybe uh it's the fatigue thing. Like I'm just I'm not I'm not into being a Bucks fan for I mean, I'm just like I said, I said deuces to Bucks Twitter. Um I'm not I'm not like it's all we're always trying to change the team. Oh, the team, the team needs some. Tinkers. Now we want PJ Tucker back. It's like Jesus Christ, guys. Well, not everyone does. 
All right, Go I'm going to play a voicemail from Vince. Well, well if, if you woke up Friday morning and I'd you had the news, you had the news, you'd be pissed. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Middleton played 33 minutes the other night. He had 14 points. Oh, wow. Middleton had four. Wait, oh, these are Lillard's stats. Shit. No, Middleton had uh, 13 points. Oh, even eight. <laughs> Lillard's going three for 17. That's your fucking problem. It is. I mean, and they they won't win the title if Lillard goes three for 17. So, carlovt.com backslash Bart. Golf simulators. You can set them up. You can set them up where you can actually watch sports while golf simulating. But Vincent's in Anaheim, <laughs> and I think he will. Uh, Shohei Otani as an Angels fan. Mm. He actually left me two voicemails. One was a disaster, so he called again. Here's Vincent. Hey, what's up, Bart, man? Forget the last recording I just called, man. I just called in, and uh, that was uh, messed up, man. I got some radio interference over here at work, so I apologize. But Vincent for Anaheim, you know what's up? Go Pack Go. I'm on the Packers to get this win against the Giants. It is Monday evening. Nope, be sorry about that, Vinny. Uh, you know, continue to shock the world. Packers continue nope. to shock the world. I don't care if they sneak into the playoffs or get a better position of the matter. We'll see what happens, though. You know what I mean? And um, so that's first. Next. <laughs> Next, I wanted to say is, man, it's a betrayal. It's betrayal. It's betrayal season, man. Uh, first, you know, Craig Council, he goes to the these Cubs and betrays the Brewers. And then my, you know, Shohei Otani, my Angels franchise player, <laughs> shows the punk-ass Dodgers. Like I said before, over here, people in Anaheim, it's kind of like a mixed bag. Um, but people just hate the fact that he probably went to the Dodgers. Um, for me, personally, I said, get your money, so I ain't going to hate against it. But if you want to join the enemy side, now you a punk-ass enemy now, so fuck him. You know what I mean? That goes for Craig Council. Now it goes for Shohei Otani. You know what I mean? It's, it's cool. But now it's going to be harder for me to even cheer for that punk motherfucker because he went to the Dodgers. But, you know, it is what it is. That $70 million a year, whatever the house deferred, he's going to get his money. So, you know, but over here, man, Anaheim's not over, man. We just got to get consistent. If you want a whole rundown on the Angels, Mike Trout, you know, he got to stay healthy. Anthony Rendon has to show up. Uh, Joe Adele has to stay consistent. You know, and then we got our rookies like Logan O'Hoppy and um, Zach Neto that did decent. So, you know, we'll see what we can do, man. All, man the all, Angels have no chance, the bro. They suck. So we can take some of your Brewers pictures, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but fuck it, man. Uh, disappointed, but, you know, so <laughs> the offseason of betrayal for, for me and my fandom, man. Like I said, I'm an Angels fan and a Milwaukee Brewers fan and a San Francisco Giants fan. So the Giants, they're just kind of disappointed because they're not making any moves. So, but we'll see what happens, man. So he's also a Giants fan. That's Vincent in Anaheim with a breakdown of the Angels prospects. Shohei and the Angels, or Shohei and the Dodgers, visit the Angels, I believe, in September. Oh, that'll be a big thing. And your first chance to see Shohei in a Dodgers uniform will be in South Korea, games that are held on the 20th and 21st. The MLB does this where they start some games in Asia and then come back and then play more spring training games after they've already played regular season games. And then, and that's always weird. Otani is not pitching this year, right? He's not pitching this year. Yeah. Um, some would say they're they're not sure he's ever going to pitch again. Really? Some. I think that he will pitch again. And I like the deal too for the Dodgers because they will get this money back. Oh yeah. 
in endorsements, advertising. Yeah. Um, this was a this was a good move for them. Of course. Uh, anything else? Paul Imig. No, I don't think so. Great finish. Mm, strong to the finish. I'll be live again after Bucks Pacers, a rematch of the quarterfinal game. Semifinal. Semifinal. Mm. Uh, I'll be live Wednesday night after that and uh, hope that you can join us. Thank you, Paul. You're welcome. Goodbye. And Grant also before. Bye, bye, Bart. This. <laughs> No. <laughs> Mary.